Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When did you bury it? What time of death? Like when, when was it... Over. Yeah, I'd honestly say about a month ago, uh, somewhere around Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I had a good Cinco de Mayo, had, was a little active, and at that time maybe did some little dance moves, and I felt like I'm ready to go. So uh, that was the time that I said in my head, uh, the injury's gone. So That's from June 9 at OTAs. Dak Prescott recovering from the badly broken ankle. He comes in. Oh, there it is, the side eye. Oh, yes. He comes in at number nine on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown. Now, is he giving you the side eye in that photo because you have him at number nine, or we're still reminded of the fact that you were trying to convince him that he's a team player and he won't try to chew up all the cap space? Yeah, right. And he that's, to- that's the official reason for it, but I think unofficially he can give you the side eye at number nine. Although, why, How could he be upset about number nine after only playing in five games last year? Well, that that's right. I mean, you know, again, he's got an injury that was serious, there's no doubt, but not serious enough to where I was going to, like, you know, knock him down four or five spots. You know, even if he's not 100% full go for the first game, he's going to be able to play. He might be his 90 or 95% self, but, I mean, Dak Prescott's a phenomenal football player. He really is. And, I mean, he was the team. He is the team. What's there in Dallas? It's all about Dak Prescott and making it happen with his right arm. Defense, pitiful. Like, at points last year was as bad as we've ever seen some defenses in the history of the NFL. Couldn't stop anybody in the run game. Could do nothing. You know, he gave them a fighting chance. And, yeah, you know, it wasn't the best results early on, but – you know, they're a solid running team. They're nothing special. The Dallas Cowboys are all about Dak Prescott, his right arm, and the wide receivers he has. And he delivers more times than, than not, without a doubt. Incredible presence and toughness. The guy you want to lead your team. But the talent on the field is real. It's one of the best down-the-field throwers in the game. He's got great toughness in the pocket. He's got a great feel, Mike, like we talk about with some guys where he can stand in there and be 
like a robot or the Statue of Liberty and throw with people around him and grabbing on him and make unbelievable throws. That's the one thing that jumped out. He makes so many throws with people around him, but has that fine line of like, hey, now it's time to move. I'm a, it's, it's, it's collapsing too much. All right, I can get out. Let me run. He helps the run game with all the run, quarterback run design stuff to go along with that too. So, you know, it hasn't translated into a lot of wins and losses there necessarily always in Dallas. But they put it all on him right now. It's Dak Prescott's team, and he's a phenomenal football player. And really, you know me, I'm big into taking advantage of all that's there to be had, not leaving yards and points on the field. And when I look at Dak Prescott through that lens, he's one of the best in football at, at taking advantage of what is there to be had. One of the realities last year for the Cowboys, in part because their defense was so bad, it was putting more pressure on the offense. Dak Prescott was on pace to throw for more than 6,000 yards through the first quarter of the season. And that even continued. Even with not playing all of week five, he still finished with enough that he was on pace for 5,939 yards. Now, who knows if that would have sustained itself, and obviously it didn't for different reasons. But uh, the, the guy has been phenomenal, but when you have that good of a quarterback and the team around him just can't get it done, how many times have been to the playoffs in his career? Twice? Two, yeah, two. Is that all it is? It yeah. is. He went 13-3, and three, and then they went and lost to Green Bay in the division. Oh, no, they're three times. They lost to Green Bay in the divisional playoff game, and then a, two years ago, remember, they beat the Seahawks um, in the wild right. card round. And then lost to the Rams. And then lost to the 2018. Rams. 2018. Right, 2018. So twice, twice. 2016, 2018. They didn't make it in 2019 unless I'm completely misremembering. And then last year it all fell apart. So, yeah, they didn't make it in 2019. That got Jason Garrett fired. Yeah. They, right. they hired Mike McCarthy right. last year, and last year it fell apart after the broken ankle. So um, th- th- that's the, the, the juxtaposition here for me. The better the quarterback, you would assume the better the team. And that's – I know what they're trying to deal with this year by bringing in uh, – Who's the former? Why am I Dan Quinn? I got you. Who's the, Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn. Right. Dan Quinn. Yeah. I was thinking Mike Smith. Yeah. Both former Falcons head coaches, but only one is currently the Cowboys defensive coordinator. But that's what they're banking on this year. The defense needs to be better. It doesn't need to be a lot better. No, it doesn't. It just needs to be better. It can't get worse. And maybe that'll make a difference for the offense. And and Dak Prescott won't have to do as much. Uh, and hopefully he is here. We we're showing that tape of him running around. I mean, there's a lot of stress put on that ankle when you move as fast as he does. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. You're right. I mean, they ask him a lot, too, to to do quarterback design runs and read option, especially down in the red zone. That's another part of the gift of Dak Prescott. He's a real threat in those areas. He is. You know, accuracy, it's phenomenal. You know, that's the one thing that I come away with, too, with Dak Prescott and go, man, it's a lot of 15, 20, 40-yard throws down the football field, and guys don't ever have to break stride. They catch it on the run, and they're able to maximize what they can do after the catch. There's a lot to be said about that. You know, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that are behind Dak Prescott where I can go, look, here's a 20-yard crosser, here's a slant route. Guy's gone if you throw it on the money, but instead he had to turn around or do this. Prescott never really misses the spot that way. And that's where, you know, he's also special. He's a really good decision maker. You know, they're an aggressive down the field throwing football team. And he delivers with an aggressive mindset, too. And that's why they are one of the most explosive. I mean, what more could he do? I know, like, you know, there was, a, there was the Atlanta game, right, where they had some turnovers early on and all that. Uh, I get that. 
But man, I mean, it was all Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott early on, you know, last year. They had no hope if it weren't for Dak Prescott and him making unbelievable plays and throws in the pocket and doing all those type of things. And I think Dallas, that's why they finally compensated him because it was his, it was glaring as the year went on that how important Dak Prescott is to the Dallas Cowboys and especially the way their team's set up right now. But realizing that they have no chance. I don't care. You get a new defensive coordinator or whatever. That defense, like you said, it's not going to be special or top five or top ten-ish this year. It's not. You're just hoping it's just good enough to where Dak can beat teams 31-24 instead of having to maybe win 44-41, which is just not realistic on a weekly basis. So uh, that's where Dak is is awesome, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm, I'm expecting big things from him this year. You mentioned they finally compensated him. Look, they blew this every step of the way. They lowballed him, they waited, they delayed, and they eventually found themselves over a barrel to the point where they are going to pay him a ton of money over the next three years and then have to do it again or face the prospect of losing him in free agency after the fourth year of this new contract. So it's not nearly the kind of long-term deal that the Cowboys would have wanted, and they've got three years to decide when and if to tear it up and replace it with another major deal what did you see from him before he got injured last year that would classify as the biggest leap in his game from 2019 into 2020 I would say consistency in throwing that would be the biggest thing that like I I, you know and I've had these conversations with Dak a little bit when I have been at the Super Bowl and talking about that you know he has a little you know mechanical and technique things that he has to stay on a little bit as like he has a tendency to lock out his front leg as he throws, his left leg. He locks it out, and it can make his motion at times come really over the top. And we had this conversation on my podcast two years ago at the Super Bowl. He does think about you know, being, coming around more and doing those type of things. You know, With that old motion of the locking the front leg out and coming over the top, the ball could kind of, depending on how you release the ball, can sometimes rifle low at guys' ankles or sail a little high if you got caught in this spot as you're coming up and then releasing it. So he's become more of a – he drives the ball through targets. That's, I think, the thing that I would say jumped out to me more from two years ago as to last year, where there were just so many throws where I went, oh, he never misses. Damn, it's right on the money. I mean, whoa, the guy didn't have to adjust at all. It's a perfect fade ball or go ball down the sideline. I mean, really, when you break him down and start to turn on the film, you realize, wow, it's not a lot of easy throws, and he makes it look easy with a lot of like high degree of difficulty at throws and, and really is, the, is the, the key factor for that football team. I mean, what more could he do last year? I mean, again, I mean, he, they'd throw a completion on first, throw a completion on second. It'd be third and one. They'd lose a yard. Now it's fourth and three. They got to punt the ball out. He did everything good. Defense, uh, defense lets the team go down. They score. He'd get the ball back, get a few first downs, and they'd mess it up again on a third and short or something like that. Other team go down, it'd be 14 nothing, And then it'd be like, oh, no problem. Dak will bring us back. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, hey, we're back. Oh, we had a drive that stalled out. Now defense score, you know, defense let up two more touchdowns. He was phenomenal. They were an embarrassment on the defensive side of the ball and absolutely had no chance unless they had top nine quarterbacks in football, a.k.a. Dak Prescott is one of them, to, to help them out and make these games close. By the way, yeah. by the way, to go back a minute or so, right? Uh, you, you mentioned that, that you were talking to Dak about throwing mechanics. It reminded me, and I meant to tell you about this, Yeah, Sunday night where we had the family here and we're passing around the football and my nephew, who's 14 – 
I, I showed him you coached the one him up? tip that you gave me. <laughs> I coached him up with the Chris Sims tip. And all of a sudden, piss missiles all over the place. Right. Once you get that once you get, get that, that shoulder, shoulder in there. the direction of where you're throwing, yeah, man, and you whip that ball out. My God, what a difference that makes! I but, know. Uh, yeah, he was th- he was throwing lasers after that. Well, so, and uh, Prescott, yeah, Chris Sims influence wide and far. Good, that's good. Well, you know how many ca- how many people do you know? You know, you, you have a catch with, and they just do this. They just let their arm do this, and they never right. get involved. And you see Dak Prescott to bring up the point too. He's famous for those funny drills, right? He does where he. He turns his hips and does all that type of stuff. That's what he's trying to create. Exactly that right there. Um, but, you know, again, I hope everybody in the Dallas area and Dallas Cowboy fans have finally realized how good this guy is. Because I know, like, people want to go, whoa, yeah, he's only been to the playoffs twice and do that. First off, they lost a Rams game that he was phenomenal. I mean, he was maybe the best player on the field that day. You know, now let's remember they lost that playoff game. Why? Because McVeigh cracked the code on the defense and ran to a certain look the whole game. It wasn't Dak Prescott. You know, bad game planning in his first playoff appearance when they played Green Bay. They tried to run the ball and we're going to overpower them and they slowed the game down. They were the better team. They like handicapped their own talent and let Aaron Rodgers hang around and scorch them. So Dak Prescott's going to win his playoff games. He is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and he is the kind of guy that really can carry a team through tough situations and make them highly competitive like we saw last year. Okay, all that said, yeah. why then do you and I both think Washington will win the division? Because they have a defense and I you know, they have a run game. Like that's the other thing too is, you know, people look at Dallas and just think, "Oh, they got Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line and they're just dominant up front." No, they're not. They're an average running football team. And they're a great passing football team with Dak Prescott. But that's the only thing I think that's great about them. Washington, I think we can look at a few areas and go, there's great. And then there's some other things to be really excited about for what they've done this offseason. I'm going Washington. I'm with you. I remember when we drafted the best non-quarterbacks in the division, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't even, yeah. wasn't even a thought which shows you how far the last two years he's fallen. Last week, though, Dak Prescott said Zeke is in great shape, so we'll see if he can get back to the way he was the first three years of his career. We're going to take a break. When we return, the next quarterback on the Chris Sims Top 40 countdown is Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay keeps throwing bouquets at him, but not not dissing Jared, not dissing <laughs> yeah. Jared Goff process. More PFT Live right after this. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. So this guy, uh, he's a special guy. I think uh, one of the best ways that I can describe him, when you hear people that have been around him, there's a there's a known confidence where when he walks into a room, he always feels presence, but he's got a great humility about himself uh, that everybody loves being around him. And, and he's one of those guys that I think is a true igniter. It makes everybody around him better. I feel like I've become a better coach in the few months that we've been able to spend together, and uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of good things together. But none of that that was uttered recently by Sean McVay should be regarded as a slap at his former quarterback, Jared Goff, even though it was. Now, Sean McVay tells Albert Breer of SI.com that Matthew Stafford is a bad MFer, even better than advertised. He's even more excited, McVay is now that he's had a chance to work with Matthew Stafford, and for good reason. He comes in at number eight 
on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown. I remember when we first started working together, the first time you did this list, you had Matthew Stafford at three, which was stunning to me. And some would say it's stunning he's still in the top ten. It's so easy for him to be forgotten Yes, in Detroit. And, and that's the thing that is going to be fascinating this year. Because it's not like Peyton Manning going from Indianapolis to Denver. It's like Peyton Manning going from Cleveland to Denver if Cleveland had been bad the whole time he was with the Browns. We, we don't know how this guy's going to translate to a good team because he's never really been on one. He had a few playoff appearances, but they've never won a playoff game. They won a playoff game in 30 years. So it's going to be a hell of an experiment to see what Stafford can bring to a team that got to the Final Eight last year with Jared Goff and John Wolford at quarterback. Right. I mean, got to the Final Eight, but, like, you know, that was one of the downfalls of their team. They had to, like, micromanage the quarterback position to get to the Final Eight. I'm, I'm expecting this to be the year of Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you know, I've been a big fan of him for a long time. The talent's real. He's like the poster child to say, you need a team. You need help around you. You know, there's we, we've talked about this a million times. There's never been a running game. There's never been anything special to why people think Matt Stafford should have better results or more playoff wins. You know, and that goes. Uh, but, but, but he had he had Indomitian Sue and Calvin Johnson oh my gosh. for multiple years. Okay, three guys, three. I mean, we can't name anybody else. There's nothing else to talk about on the football team. That's it. Three. I can name other quarterbacks and go. You got three Hall of Famers that you throw the ball to, or on this one side of the ball, you have four Hall of Famers. So. That's where I know, and it's tough, but like he's an incredible, incredible talent and still one of the most game-changing arms in football. That's where Stafford is really special. He makes more off-platform, you know, different platform awkward throws that go unnoticed just because we're so used to seeing it and we're thinking, oh, he's just doing it to be cool. No, he's not doing it to be cool. He's doing it because he always has to do it because his team hasn't been very good. He doesn't want to throw a 40-yard sidearm laser. He has to a lot of the times because people are around him and he only has a window that he has to throw a ball from his right knee to get it 40 yards and he does it. And we just like, we don't even think twice about it. You know, he's really amazing that way. He and another guy, tough as nails, plays through injury, you know, phenomenal, not going to say a great runner, but a phenomenal mover again. Like a Baker Mayfield can move around the pocket and make so many crazy throws and things where he contorts his body like a Mahomes when it comes to the throwing stuff and all that. And here's the other thing that goes unnoticed with me, Mike, too. Like, you know, he'll throw a ball quicker than he wants to or other quarterbacks will. Like, he'll, let's just say he sees that post going down the middle of the field wide open. You know, other quarterbacks will be like, all right, wait, let me finish my drop and set up and throw it. Stafford will be like, whoa, he's open. I'm supposed to take four more steps on my drop, but I'm just going to lay on my back foot and sling it to him right now and get it to him quick so we can maximize everything that's there to be had for this play or, or this route or whatever. And those are things that I look at always and go, man, it's special. He's a game changer in offense and what he does because of his talents and what he brings there. And, you know, I do think this is going to be the year of Matt Stafford where finally everybody realizes, damn, this guy's good. He's got a team around him finally and an offense that's kind of damn good too. And here we go. So I'm hoping for that big time in a big way. Very quietly, Chris, he's currently number 16 on the all-time mm. passing yardage list ahead of Dan Fouts ahead of Joe Montana, ahead of Jim Kelly, ahead of Johnny Unitas. And this year, 
barring injury, he will pass Vinny Testaverde, Carson Palmer, Fran Tarkenton, Ooh. and with 4,216 yards, he will pass Warren Moon and move into 11th all-time on the passing yardage list with one more year of 4,200. And he's 32. So, uh, and, and he's he's got plenty of football left to play, and right. he could end up among the all-time greats by the time he's done. Has there ever been a guy, and I was looking at this list to right. try to jog my memory, Yeah, a guy who spent so much time with a team that wasn't good, who got a chance to go to an elite team, at this stage of his career. I can't think of another one where it's this stark. You'll put together those great stats with a team that's never won a playoff game during your career. And now you land with a team that just won a playoff game last year in Seattle of all places, which is one of the toughest places to win and got to the divisional round. This is unprecedented. It is. Unless I'm missing someone. No, I think you're right. You know, it's unprecedented. Listen, this, this guy... I can't tell you how many coaches I talk to, and I know I've told you this behind the scenes, and I think we talked about it a little bit. Hey, when Stafford was made available, there was, I, I think the league, when they started to study Stafford for the trade, and whoa, wait, you know, Detroit's going to make him. I think the league was taken back by a little bit about how talented he was. I could say that. I, I, I've talked to four different coaches who were like, you know, I, I always knew Stafford was talented, but, you know, I, I don't study them. We're not in the NFC North, so I only see them every few years, all that type of stuff, where they broke down and studied and they were like, whoa, he's way better than I realized, way better than the public gives him, you know, credit for. And, you know, again, just think this is what Matt Stafford does a little bit. Kenny Galladay was hurt most of the year last year. Marvin Jones is up there in years, banged up a little bit. There's no run game, not a special line. Below average defense. I mean, nothing to talk about in Detroit. Nothing. And you look at their schedule, and I just want to go first off and people and just go like, well, what games were they supposed to win? Tell me what team you thought that they were better than. And then I sit there and also go, you know, this is what a Matt Stafford can do. And, you know, people will get lost and go, well, they're, you know, they're 5-11 and 11 or whatever else. I would go, well, they were going to be 2-14 and 14 if it's not for Matt Stafford and things like that. But his ability to make magic, I mean, they were five and seven at one point during the year. Had just beat the Chicago Bears, who were six and six, who have way more talent on their roster than the Detroit Lions. Way more. But the greatness of Stafford almost made it look like those teams were equal. And that's what a great quarterback can do. But they've been so bad, we can't even see what he's all really about. And I'm hoping this is the year. Okay. Two questions. Yeah. First. Right. First. If you're the 49ers, right. would you would you rather here's the two deals that you possibly could do. Would you rather three first round picks and a third round pick to move up to get Trey Lance or two ones and a three and Jimmy Garoppolo to get Matthew Stafford? Oh, I would have gone, you know what I would have I would have gone I would have gone that second option. Yeah. I I you know, I think Matt Stafford is just He's one of those guys that's just it's waiting to explode if he just can get the right support system and offense around him and everything like that. So, yeah, that would have been my choice. And especially like, you know, we talked about a few minutes ago. It's a guy that's 32. You know, he's he's got at least five, six years left of really good football play and has one of those arms, Mike, that, you know, we talk about. It's it's never going to die out. He's going to be 78 in a rocking chair and still going to be able to throw balls. And like you're going to be like, whoa, Matt Stafford can still throw the football. It's a timeless arm. 
Um, and he's got unbelievable playmaking ability. And that's where I think you see like the McVay stuff where he's like, you know, I'm happy and all this stuff because he's like, one, hey, practice is better. You know, there's laser beams going everywhere. They're accurate. They're on money. And now he doesn't have to worry about, wait, like, oh, wait, I can't call this play or I can't do this because my quarterback isn't great at throwing this right. There's like no limitations. You've taken the handcuffs off of Sean, uh, Sean McVay to where now he is back to being a mad scientist going, wait, this guy run this way, this guy run that way. I don't even have to worry. Wait, he's 74 yards over here. Who cares? Stafford can throw it. Let's draw the play up. Let's do it. And that's that's like great freedom. And I think that's why you see the McVay quotes because he's seeing this in, in person going, oh my gosh, my life's going to be a lot easier that I don't have to micromanage the quarterback position anymore. And I agree with you. If I'm the 49ers, I'd rather have Stafford and also unload Jimmy Garoppolo. And frankly, I think that they probably could have gotten that deal for less than two ones and a three in offloading Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo, arguably more attractive yeah, right. given his contract, given right. his contract than than Jared Goff. Um, here's my here's my other, and I don't, I don't want to rain on the parade here. No, but I want to okay. balance this out. Yeah, because there's something that's nagged at me about Matthew Stafford, and and it first started when 2012, 2013 ish, they were struggling. Reggie Bush, who had won a Super Bowl with the Saints, wanted to have a players only meeting, and Stafford was like, "Nah, we don't need that." There's just always been this reluctance from Stafford. To be the guy that helped Tom Brady get to number 10. Right. To be the guy that goes to the guy who's crying in the locker room after you make it to the Super Bowl and say, no, 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 no. We got more work to do, teammate. We got more that we're trying to accomplish. I've always felt like Matthew Stafford has not had, not wanted to have, yeah. the intangibles, the leadership. Because I, I, plain and simple. He tolerated Detroit for 12 years. Yeah, I know. The mere fact that a guy with that talent level tolerated that organization for 12 years tells me something's not right there. Well. Because if it was Peyton Manning, do you think Peyton Manning would have stayed in Detroit for 12 years? Hell no. Do you think Tom Brady would have stayed in Detroit for 12 years? Hell no. He would have either changed it or given up and said, get me the hell out of here at some point over the last 12 years. I just feel like Stafford... He just he doesn't have that same fire that we celebrate in guys like Manning and Brady. No, I, I agree. I'm not going to disagree with you a whole lot there. I think there's more than he gets credit for. I think we've seen a little bit more the last few years. I do think that was the positive thing Matt Patricia and company brought to him, uh, brought to his game a little bit, a little bit more of a general attitude. Uh, he does yell at people and do those type of things, you know. But also like. You know, he, I think you could also look at it, Mike, and go, yeah, he's not happy. He's doing everything he could. He's playing awesome. He is the kind of guy that I think also believes in his talents and is probably like, yeah, we're going to turn this around. He never had a Bill Polian or a Tony Dungy or anybody or a Bill Bill Belichick or anybody. But at some point, at it's, some point before that, 2020, when you're drafted in 2009, you say enough. Get me the hell out of here. I can't do this anymore. I, yeah, I you know, I not everybody's wired that way, you know? And again, I guess that's what we're, you're questioning, whether that's, that's the guy he can be. That's we'll see. I know. Yeah. I, I think that's something, though, that is in players that has to be brought out. 
I do. I do. In a lot of cases. Brady, yeah, he was that, but we weren't hearing those stories in Michigan and nor the rookie year. We heard them once he started playing, he got good, and the Belichick effect and all of those things. Peyton, okay, Peyton was special. Yeah, we heard those stories in college and probably high school. He's probably like, Omaha this, Omaha that, you're screwing up my offense. I mean, Peyton's special. He's, uh, I don't know what else to say. He's amazing well, that way. But Stafford, I do. And here's think the other side of it. Here's that, the other yeah, side of it. Yeah. You don't need it if you have other leaders. If you have that's others, you can too. fill the void. Right. And maybe in LA they'll have that. That's that's where I think he's got some other voices with Ramsey, Dar- uh, you know, Aaron Donald, and of course McVay. But I also think, you know. McVay is going to bring it out of him. I do, because I think he's going to be like, man, the offense is perfect. He's taught me it perfect. McVay's on me and on the offense. He wants to be, me to be an extension of him. And I, I will be shocked if we don't see a little bit more of like what you're talking about out of Matthew Stafford this year. But I don't think he's been afforded the luxury, like a lot of the great quarterbacks in the history of the sport, to have that guy around him to push him to be that. You know, whether it was Brady and he had, you know, Chuck Knoll. I mean, Phil Sims had Bill Parcells. Bill Walsh was the biggest pain in the ass in the world to Joe Montana. Never really made him feel respected or great that way. They brought it out in them to be that jerk, you know, to be the leader of the team and do that type of stuff. And that's where I just look at him and go, he's never, he's never had anybody like that. Never a great offensive mind. Nothing special ever has been around except for – Calvin Johnson and Adama Sue, and that's just not going to win games for you, two other guys. All right, we have to move on to another topic, and, yeah. and let me peel back the curtain. As we finished the last segment, there's always like a tease or just like a little heads up as to what the next segment is going to be, and I looked <laughs> at the tease for this segment, and it said, McVay keeps throwing bouquets at his new quarterback and an important question about one of Stafford's new teammates. And I'm like, what did I miss in the news that there's a question about one of <laughs> Matthew Stafford's new teammates in L.A. So I didn't even mention it because it's like, what question is what there about miss? one of his teammates? Well, well, I, 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 uh, I should have known that it had nothing to do with anything that happened in the natural flow of NFL news. This is a question that was sent to me by email yesterday by someone who goes by Tom Brady is booty on Twitter. I don't know whether that's booty in a good way or booty in a bad way. I would Regardless, say it's a bad way. At Tom Brady is booty. Hey Mike, got a question for Sims. Say you have to choose between fighting Aaron Donald or a certain number of Mike Florios. At what number of Mike Florios do you choose Aaron Donald? <laughs> and I think we also sought clarification from at Tom Brady is booty that it is a fight to the death. Yeah, that's not what he just, said. you know, trying right. to avoid being beaten up. So if you got Aaron Donald on one hand, <laughs> how many? This is these are the important questions that we must tackle on this program. Yeah, how many of me before you say screw it? I'll take my chances with Aaron Donald. Yeah, well, I, at Tom Brady is booty. He's a loyal listener to the podcast, so he knows I venture down these weird conversations every now and then. We had a lot of fun on text last night. I know that talking about this. I, I, the number I came to, and this is no disrespect, Mike. None. Like, I'm not uh, trying. No, of course not. Well, you'd probably comes. pick a similar n- number of me if you had to fight Aaron Donald. So I don't know. But my number was, I was thinking six ish. Around six is the number. I mean, plus four is really where you start to go, ooh, I don't know. I mean, Aaron Donald, it's inevitable you're going to lose that fight. And it's going to be painful. And there's nothing you could do it. 
and it's just one guy beating the crap out of you. Like, I feel like if there's five or six of you, I might be able to at least take one or two of you out quickly and then see where it goes from there. I mean, that's where at least I feel. Aaron Donald, it's just it's torture. He's going to whoop my butt. Well, the, the thing I thought of initially was it's like taking on a T-Rex versus that tiny little dinosaur that just swarms you in Jurassic Park. Yeah, right. Like, it doesn't take – it wants to take about 20 of them. I'd like to think fewer than 20 I would of hope me. so, yes. If, if I could somehow find a machine that would clone me that many times, although that would create all sorts of other problems, although, you know what, it would make my life a little bit easier as well. <laughs> I think that was the premise of a Michael Keaton movie once upon a time. Yeah. But I digress. I'd like to think fewer than 20. I thought four to four and a half. I think it's around fair. It's fair. It's yeah. I mean, I think once you get, get, you know, past, you know, one Florio per each limb, you know, you're certainly, you're certainly struggling. But I mean, I mean, this guy is like quick as lightning. I mean, quick as any running back or receiver in football. He is as powerful and explosive as anybody in football. I mean, we've shown you bench pressing, what, was that the 125 or 130, you know, doing all that? Get it right. Oh, 135. Well, yeah, well, 20 times. I mean, he's he's just flexing his chest. He doesn't even have to, like, put a hand on it. He can flex his, his chest and, and move that kind of weight. He could do it with one hand. Who knows what he could do? He is a scary mofo, and I would not want to mess with him. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> right, I wouldn't either. But the question is, how many of me would you want to mess with instead? Yeah, I'm going five. Want to mess I'm with going four five, or five there. But once you yeah. get to six, you'll 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 you'll, pass you'll get that. swarmed you'll by you'll, you'll swarm me like yeah. you know uh, Mr. Anderson in the Matrix, where I'll just be drowned by Florios, yes. which is a horrible Perfect. horrible thought. I don't know Perfect. that. I, the, 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 when I get to that thought, I start going, "Well, I'd rather Aaron Donald does throw me just a right hook and crash, crushes my face, and then I'm, I'm out cold." Instead of having you swarm me, what a nightmare that is! I'll, I'll get my suit with my white shirt and black tie, sunglasses, flatten my hair down, and right. uh, talk real Look weird, and uh, yes, you. scare you the hell the out of me. I just watched it not that long ago. Good movie. It's on Peacock. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Great it movie. holds up well 22 years later. Yeah. Um, some of the special effects, you can tell it's 1999, but still, it's it's very very good, very well done. Great story. And uh, uh, yeah, st- and they're making another one, I think. I think you're right. I um, think I heard that. You're right. They did three. I think they're all on Peacock right now. The first one's clearly the best, like anything else. You know, unless it's Godfather, the sequel usually isn't yeah. as good or better than the first one. But uh, but anyway, check it out on Peacock when you're done watching the show. So uh, we, we've reached the conclusion then. it's The magic number is six. Uh, and uh, I look forward to the day that, that me and five others of me will encounter Chris Sims in a dark alley some way and rip him to shreds. All right, let's take a break. When we return... Today's draft. We've been kicking this one around for a while. Today's the time to do it. The no excuses for 2021 draft. Which figures in the NFL will indeed have, as the name of the draft would suggest, no excuses for subpar performances season. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. 
protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Avril Lavigne song, Complicated. Wouldn't it be great if you learned that and sang that? Like did a little karaoke with Complicated as a little F.U. to... Mark Murphy, and we see that on social media. Wait, that would be nice well, if that hold, happens. Hold on, I just my I just lost a piece of my brain. Did you? What? How do you know Avril Lavigne and Complicated? Like, you don't know me. Not listening to hits know, you one. Think you know me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know maybe, you. Maybe good. I have been. You don't look like the kind of guy that's going down into the barn listening to Avril Lavigne and singing Complicated. Okay, Opening the show tomorrow. Florio dancing to Avril Lavigne. Uh, yeah, disturbing, to say the least. Um, all right. That is that even the song? Are we gonna have to pay somebody now? Is that the song? That didn't sound like. The I song. hope so. I it's hope it's you. I hope stuff. you gotta pay Avril Please. Levine like five hundred thousand no. dollars. That would be awesome. <laughs> Avril Levine, t- tell your lawyers to to uh, turn off the meter. That is not your song that is being infringed upon on this program. All right, no excuses for twenty. 20- 21, we had kicked this around as it relates to quarterbacks. We've mentioned it as it relates to a few quarterbacks. This is broadened to anyone in the league. Chris, go ahead. I'll give you the first pick. Who has no excuses for 2021? You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Daniel Jones to lead off this draft, all right? I know mean, we've talked about him a few times here throughout, you know, this. I'm a Giants fan, of course. They're always on my radar. But I look at this as a year to go, hey, the offensive line's in a pretty good spot. It's, you know, year th- uh, we're in year three, right? Year three. Uh, year three. And they got, you know, Saquon back, Kenny Galladay, you know, Darius Slayton, pretty good. I think there's enough talent here. It's another year in the Jason Garrett system to where I look at it. And I'm not sitting here. I'm going to say I'm blaming wins and losses and everything on Daniel Jones. But I expect to see really solid, consistent football play from Daniel Jones. There is no excuses. Everything is in a positive, you know, light or anything like that on the Giants' offensive side of the ball, and uh, it's on him a little bit this year. There's no doubt. I agree with you completely. It's up or out for Daniel Jones. Probably. He either becomes what Josh Allen became or something close to it. Now, that may be a little bit too much to expect, but we want a similar jump. And if he doesn't iron out some of the flaws, holding the ball for too long, et cetera, I mean, they've invested money. They've invested draft picks 
in making the offense better. And Saquon Barkley is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. No excuses for Daniel Jones. That would have been my first pick as well. I'm going to go with Sean McVay. And he's embracing the heightened expectations. He's heightening the expectations by constantly praising Matthew Stafford. But this is a team that got to the divisional round without Stafford. Stafford's great. Stafford's this. Stafford's that. Cam Akers is going to be the new workhorse tailback. Right. They've got that great defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. No excuses for this team. Now, you don't have to win the division, but you, you better be able to go on the road in the playoffs and win uh, after you survive that that fight to see who wins one of the best divisions in football. And this is a guy who got to the Super Bowl in his second year. There's been some talk of burnout. He addressed that with Albert Breer recently, too. He said, I feel 30 again. Sean, you're 35. I hope you feel 30. I mean, it's been a hard four years. If at 35, he feels like 30 is a major difference. So uh, I, I, I just wonder whether he's wound a little too tight, and I wonder how much time he really has left before he goes and takes broadcasting money. But this year, no excuses to not at least get to the divisional round, if not to the NFC Championship game and maybe even back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, no excuses to the very fact of, like, we expect them to be, like, a special offense. I think that's the one thing. Like, it should be an offense that's certainly towards the top, you know, dancing around the top five-ish, I think, with that type of talent. You're, I'm with you. I, it I should be a great defense, too. Yeah. It should be a great defense, no, too, with no all doubt. the money they have invested and the picks they have invested their, in. Their big thing, like we've talked about, is depth of the football team. You know, they've been flirting with danger. They are a very like, hey, our starting 22, and then there's a major drop-off. And that's the only thing I worry about them. And, you know, I, I, I you know, McVay, Stafford, I think either one you could have probably used for that pick right there, right? And I was going to use Stafford next, but since you did McVay, I'm going to change and not do that. I think the next one I'm going to have to go with here is um, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold, the Carolina Panthers. Been a lot of talk there, and there is no excuses for him this year either. He's in a place that got a pretty good system, and unlike the Jets and where he was at, where the Jets dropped the ball and lack of support, that excuse does not apply here with the Carolina Panthers. Another team that's kind of got their offensive line in order, but you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Robbie Anderson, who can fly, and you got DJ Moore, who you know I have a man crush on, is a budding superstar. So I think you look at it like that, you know, system, good protection, run game, running back who's awesome in the past game and two good receivers, you know, th there should be some positive results from Sam Darnold this year. Not again that we have to see pro bowl or all pro or they got to be the number one seed, but we certainly should see a guy where we go, damn, that looks a little bit more like a top five pick in the draft a few years ago. I am going to do next something that I ridicule you. Oh, uh, you're going to pick a whole time, organization. I, it, I am. You're picking am. the Browns, aren't you? No. Okay. No, I'm picking the Titans. Ooh. I'm picking the Titans. Okay. When they go all in for Julio Jones, no excuses this year. Win the division, make noise in the postseason, compete with the big boys in the AFC because you've got the four-headed monster on offense. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. You made this big move. Your defense is better. You should be a high-level contender just two years removed from being in the AFC championship game, no excuses for the Titans this year. Yeah, okay. I, I, I wrote down Ryan Tannehill on my list, you know, a little bit for the similar reasons of what you're talking about there. You're right. That was a big-time move. You're going to have, you know, higher expectations of your football team for sure. Uh, that's a, I, I honestly was thinking about doing the Browns organization 
but I'm not going to just because I don't want to do organization back-to-back here. But I, they are one where I look at it and go, like, there's no excuses. Like, it should be playoffs, and it should be one playoff win, and maybe not – maybe, like, that's the, that should be, like, the low bar I, I, for the way that team's set up right now and the way it looks. So that, that – but I'm going to pick instead Carson Wentz. Big year for Carson Wentz. Um, again, not that we got to see MVP – but we need to see really good football play. There's a system. There's a support. There's a supporting cast around him with the Colts. It's one of the better offensive lines in football. We know they got Jonathan Taylor can run the ball. Yeah, receivers, maybe not superstars, but a lot of good that we talk about all the time. It's a very consistent, well-rounded group, and we'll see if maybe a Paris Campbell or somebody else jumps out. But you know, I, I do think that he's a guy that, yeah, he can't. We can't play the angle of the injury. Nick Foles, you know, the Eagles were crappy and did a bad thing, and the Jalen Hurts. That that's all out the window. You got to see positive stuff from Wentz this year. And see, I've assessed these choices from the perspective of whether it's a player getting in a better situation or a team consciously making an upgrade. It eliminates excuses, and that's why for me, the last one is going to be Mike Zimmer, the coach of the Vikings, because there were excuses last year. The excuses last year were, I didn't have the players on defense. I didn't have Daniil Hunter. We didn't have fans for our home games. That was a legitimate excuse. One of the best home field advantages in all of sports, and you don't have it. So uh, this year, they've got a better defense. They've got fans back. Their offense is better. Uh, you've got Justin Jefferson, who's already blossomed as one of the best receivers in the NFL. Dalvin Cook's still in his prime. Kirk Cousins in that system that they have managed to keep, even though Gary Kubiak retired, his son Clint takes over. No excuses for Mike Zimmer. This is a year that I, I feel like, not that he would get fired if he gets to the playoffs and doesn't win a game or two, but I feel like this is the year when you look at the NFC that, that maybe it's not unreasonable to expect him to win a game or two in the postseason against this field, unless he comes up against the Buccaneers before, uh, you know, the championship round. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. Eli Manning has an office for the first time in his life. We'll discuss that next. Eli Manning back with the New York Giants. It's good to be back with the G-Men. I even have my own office. I've never had an office before. Eli Manning going to be in a business operations role, fan engagement role. Sounds like he's going to be a closer for corporate deals. He's going to be doing all sorts of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised. A little surprised, uh, Chris. Um, what, what was your take on it? Oh, I, I, it is. It's rare. I mean, it's unique. You don't see, like, two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks taking official roles like this, you know, very often. So I, I thought that's where it was kind of cool, you know. And, and, yeah, the Giants might not be at their most popular time in the history of their franchise right now. Eli, of course, is one of the most favorite players in the history of the franchise. And maybe he can add to the excitement and everything around the area with the New York Giants. It feels like it's more of a real job than just the typical ambassador right, it does, thing right? where you just show up at events. We'll, yeah. we'll see what Eli does. Yeah. Maybe he rolls up his sleeves and he gets to work. We can only find out. Thanks for some of your time today. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.